Hello and welcome to Jill Johnson's Money Wisdom. I'm John Stillman alongside Jill Johnson, Certified Financial Planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. You can see Joel on TV every weekend as the host of Better Money on WFSB Channel 3 on the Saturday and Sunday morning news with Kara Sundlin. That's also on WCBV Channel 5 in Boston. Joel, how are you? Always a pleasure. Doing great. I'm excited about the show today. We are going to be talking about all kinds of things retirement planning oriented. We're going to take a little look into the future here because it has been one heck of an interesting year. And um, we might even have some fun facts for you. So, so stay tuned. But remember why we do this show. We do this show because you, whether you are already retired or whether you're getting close to retirement, if you're in decent health, you're going to spend about 35 years unemployed, which means the money you saved, the other income coming in, that has got to replace your paycheck for maybe 35 years, for some of you even more if you're in good shape. So that's why we do this program is what are the strategies that you can do to, number one, earn more money, number two, keep more of it, keep it away from the tax man, and make sure that your money, if passed on, is following the values that you have. I was talking to a client earlier this week about the fact that you know their values will not continue on to the next generation. It doesn't mean their kids are bad. It doesn't mean the grandkids are bad, but it's just they don't value the dollar the same. They don't look at money the same way because they didn't have to work quite as hard to earn it. So that's why we do this program, giving you all kinds of wisdom around that area. That's why we call the program Money Wisdom. This is, I guess, not our last show of the year, uh, but it is our last show where everybody's sort of still in their regular routine. That show between Christmas and New Year's, we're always getting a different audience, maybe not the same audience, just because everybody's out of their normal routine. So I wanted to ask you this on today's program. Looking ahead to 2021, give me two reasons why you're really optimistic about the year 2021 and two reasons to be pessimistic. So what are our biggest challenges, but also what are our biggest opportunities as you see it for next year? Well, let's talk about the challenges first. Uh, The challenges first, that would be Number one, I think uh, the businesses that have closed due to the pandemic, um, through no fault of their own, businesses have been closed. And we can debate all day long whether there was an overreaction from government or overstepping of um, taking away liberties of a business person. Maybe that's even for those of you that are constitutional scholars, a taking of property. It might actually equal a taking of property. But you know what? The guy that owns the restaurant in my town probably isn't set up to take on the state that they live in. And so, you know, that's kind of a useless conversation. The bottom line is a lot of businesses won't come back and those people will be struggling to find jobs, to find meaningful work. And a lot of families have actually taken a step back, hopefully not a full generation, but certainly 10, 15, 20 years as far as their financial security. So I am, I am pessimistic. I hate the word pessimistic. I think that'll be an uphill grind for some of those individuals to get back and some of those communities to get back. So that's one concern I have. The other concern I have is for people that are graduating school now, um, you know, younger people. Uh, my son, who has a job as a software engineer, he graduated school with a lot of kids that had jobs lined up, and all of a sudden those job offers got pulled. And so will our young people that have just graduated school or that are even in university now and in college right now, will they lose hope? Will they have a dire outlook on their future and on the country's future because of what they have gone through? So those would be the two things that I'm, I'm somewhat pessimistic about or less optimistic. I hate the word pessimism. Um, what am I optimistic about? It? Oh, my goodness. How could I not be optimistic about the vaccine and 
I just think back, you know, here we are at the end of the year. I, I think back nine months ago how, you know, people scoffed at the idea that there would be a vaccine out this quickly. And, and um, you know, it just goes to show that uh, there's not a lot of value, I think, that can be earned by being negative and expecting the worst all the time. You know, if you expect the worst and the worst comes, okay, you were right. But, um, but all the naysayers that said we couldn't get this vaccine out, we couldn't get it distributed. And there still are some people that are saying, well, it won't be distributed right or, you know, they want to find fault in it. Hey. This is amazing. It's just amazing that we have a pandemic that has hurt so many people, caused so much death, and we have got a vaccine, and not just one, but multiple vaccines that are going to be out into the population and are just going to solve a problem in an unbelievable record time. I mean, think about it. From March to March, March of 2020 to March of 2021, we've solved one of the most significant problems in the history of the U.S. and the history of the world. So I think the confidence that's going to come out of that, the can-do attitude, the fact that, you know, our American system of capitalism and democracy works, right? We're not a bad country. We're not a horrible country in the world. We've lifted more countries out of poverty and more individuals out of poverty due to the capitalistic philosophy. And obviously it's not us, but it's other companies that have a freedom and free enterprise system. That That is something I'm excited about. And I'm just so optimistic that we get out of this pandemic and people go back to being relaxed and enjoying their families and enjoying their lives. Um, the other thing I'm optimistic is about, I, I, I continue to be optimistic about um, just the reshaping of our economy, the positive things that are going to come out of this, new ways of doing business, new ways of connecting with our family members. Um, I was talking to somebody that's an expert in the hotel and hospitality business of you know, hotels are going to be revamping because there will probably be less business travel initially, but there might be a lot more leisure travel, a lot more family travel. And I think hotels and so on, at least this gentleman who invested in a number of hotel chains, a number of hotels, uh, hands-on, it was in private equity, which means they're much more hands-on. They're not just shareholders. I was talking about how they're revamping so many of their properties for a family experience, for recreational, for leisure versus business. And so there's just going to be some really neat things that come out of this that I think are going to change life for the better. Very interesting and always uh, intrigued to hear your thoughts on general economic matters like that and consumer psychology and all that. So a good way to kick off the show and in a lot of ways wrap up some of our conversations about that stuff for the year. Uh, how about a quick history lesson here, Joel? And it's funny how this is still so relevant today. So it was 41 years ago, December 19th of 1979, that Lee Iacocca and Chrysler received a $1.5 billion government loan to help put the company back on its feet. Basically the first government bailout of a private company that we ever had in this country. Yeah. And it, there's a number of interesting things about this. Number one is, remember who was president back then? It was Jimmy Carter. And um, a lot of people look back on Jimmy Carter and yeah, now they look at him favorably. But right after he got out of office and during office, you know, there was a lot of criticism of President Carter. He gave away the Panama Canal. I remember my uncle was a general in the military at that point, And uh, my uncle Jim was a very soft-spoken person and hardly ever said anything negative. But he did not like the fact that, you know, the U.S. built the Panama Canal that brought so much wealth, so much wealth and prosperity to Central America, and then we just gave it away. Um, so, you know, I'm not saying it was the wrong thing to do, but um, there was some criticism with President Carter above that, uh, over that. Tremendously difficult economic times, super high interest rates. But he and Congress at that point pushed through this government bailout or loan. The U.S. actually got all the money back of one and a half billion, which seems puny at the time. When now we talk about things of the trillions. 
and bailed out Chrysler, saved the company. And um, what, a, what a great thing that was. And I think of all the debate, we were just talking a little earlier about people that are pessimistic. I think about all the debate that was over that um, over that move and we shouldn't do it and the company should fail. You know, this is what free enterprise is about and so on. And wherever you stand on that argument, it was clearly the right thing to do with Chrysler back then. And, um, you know, I'm not a big fan of corporate bailouts. I think corporations need to pay the price for their mistakes at times. Um, but you've also got to weigh the other side of that is all the jobs that would have been lost and, and a great U.S. company that still exists today would have been gone had, had we not done that government bailout. Well, it was Which, helping. by the way, again, was just to emphasize it, it was a long Loan guarantee, which all that means is that banks are going to loan Chrysler money, and if Chrysler defaults, that bank gets a guarantee from the federal government, very similar to your mortgage guarantee that exists from the federal government. Yeah, so one of the things that Lee Iacocca did in that negotiating process with Congress was basically say, hey, yeah, you can uh, back us for up to $1.5 billion, or if we go under, and if you don't back us, by the way, we will go under. And if that happens, think of the economic impact of all these jobs lost, what will have to be paid in unemployment. It's going to cost you a lot less to just back our loan. So uh, pretty interesting the way he sold that. You know, you say, I've, I've got to tell you a story. I, I was recently at a conference, and the gentleman that had done a number of turnarounds um, spoke and talked about the Harvard Business School grad, and he talked about some case studies. But he has this great story, and I, I won't mention the companies, but um, he was with a company. He got called in to turn around a company that had gone bankrupt twice in the last 10 years and was about to go bankrupt again. And the net equity, the net book value, liquidation value of the company was $700 million. He owed various banks, or the company owed various banks, about $3 billion. So you have a company worth $700 million. He owed these banks $3 billion. And, so, and they found out they're going to run out of cash in two months. So he calls all these bankers into the room, has them fly out to corporate headquarters. He's there. He makes this presentation, shows this is the problem. He says, look, you know, guys, we owe you $3.5 billion, whatever the number was. Our net equity is $700 million. I think we have a problem here. And he, he gets up, turns around, and starts to walk out of the room. And they go, well, where are you going? He goes, well, I'm going to watch TV. You guys need to figure that out. This is your problem. This isn't our problem. We, only, we have $700 million. You guys have a $3.5 billion problem. You're going to solve it. And he walks out of the room. And obviously, he was probably embellishing the, the, the story a little bit, but he actually did walk out of the room. I'm sure he didn't go watch TV. Uh, but it, it's the same thing as what you said with Chrysler, John. You know, who's got the problem? And whoever's got the problem, um, that's what we call leverage in the negotiation. And, um, you know, there it happened with Chrysler and in this situation. And by the way, it worked out fine for the shareholders of that particular company. So I don't know what my point is. I think it's just kind of an interesting look back on what happened with Chrysler. And it wasn't that long ago that we had a situation with our banks back in 09. And um, looking back, situation was handled pretty well. And by the way, the U.S. lost no money. The U.S. lost no money on the AIG bailout, which a lot of people don't realize. So these are scary situations when we go through them. It's never good. It's, you know, there's no guarantee that the U.S. taxpayers are going to get their money back. But even with GM, not too long ago when the government bailed out GM, um, the U.S. taxpayers, we are the, the government, right? It's our money, made money on that deal. And it was heavily, heavily criticized at the time. Very interesting. Got to keep that stuff in perspective. All right, Joel, we're going to uh, play a fun game of uh, financial stocking stuffers in just a moment. But before we do that, why don't we give folks a chance? You know, as the year winds down here, obviously, realistically, uh, they're not going to be able to come in for a Money Map retirement review before the end of the year. Although maybe there's a few slots open, but more than likely, we're looking at something that would happen after first of the year. But if somebody wants to take advantage of that process, how do they do it? And then what happens? Well, first of all, I want you to think about the fact that, you know, year after year, you are missing opportunities. And it doesn't mean you haven't done good planning. Maybe you've done great planning, 
maybe you haven't done good planning, but you're missing opportunities many times because you haven't taken that step of sitting down with somebody, getting a second opinion, hearing what's new in the financial landscape, hearing what somebody has learned, like us, that work with thousands of people getting ready for retirement and that have gone through the retirement process. You're only going to have one retirement. We've watched thousands of them. We know what you're going to be facing five years, 10 years, 20 years from now. We just know. And so how many of you are going to go another year missing the opportunity to sit down and get that wisdom? It doesn't mean you become a client. It just means to get that wisdom. And so that's what that Money Map Retirement Review provides, a look into the future based on the wisdom of the past that we have watching thousands of people go into retirement, and I literally mean thousands. And so I want you to call and get that money map, get that money map retirement review, which is number one, a money map. It's a financial plan of your life, what it looks like now and what we recommend. But it's an income analysis to show, are you going to have enough money to last for the rest of your life? What rate of return do you need on your money? You'll leave this meeting feeling better because you'll have more confidence in what lies ahead. You'll have more clarity. You might have some things to do, You might have some changes you need to make, but at least you'll have clarity. You won't have that feeling that you have now, which is I just don't know what's coming around the corner, especially with what we've been through. So make a call or send a text. The number is 1-800-705-1232. Again, that's 1-800-705-1232. Make a call. Send a text with your first and last name. We'll set up a time for you to get your Money Map Retirement Review. You come in, you have a cup of coffee with us, or we can do it over a Zoom call. Um, we like Zoom. We get to see you. You get to see us. But we want to walk you through that process and give you, and again, this is our gift to you. There's no obligation, Money Map Retirement Review, your personal Money Map, 1-800-705-1232. Again, that's 800-705-1232. You can call or text whichever you find easiest, but that gets you in touch with the team at Johnson Brunetti. All you need to do right now is call, leave a message, and say that you'd like to get that review done for yourself. The team will reach out to you later and find a time to actually make it happen. Again, 800-705-1232 is that number to call or text. 800-705-1232. You're listening to Jill Johnson's Money Wisdom. Jill is a certified financial planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. All right, Jill, we're going to look at some of this holiday's popular financial stocking stuffers. This is like the gift guide, the Johnson Brunetti gift guide. I'm going to name a thing and you tell me if it's something you'd put in the the stocking of somebody who's been naughty or nice. Okay. Is that a good gift or not? Uh, Let's start with Apple stock. Does that go to the good little boys or the naughty little boys and girls? I mean, I I think it goes to the good little boys. I'm not going to make a prediction on the performance of Apple stock, but one of the greatest companies in US history, if not the history of the world, wouldn't you like to own a piece of it? Um, if somebody wants to give me a gift of a few shares of Apple stock or even just one share, I, I think that's fantastic. So I think that's a great gift. That that goes to people that have been very nice. All right. How about high-yield bonds? High-yield bonds. Naughty or Right nice. now, yeah. Right now, um, well, this is an interesting one. I, I would say for the most part it's not a great gift, but I own I own high-yield bonds. I own a couple of high-yield bond ETFs and, and funds, and, you know, I'm – I think I have the right perspective on them, um, but I don't think the average person should be uh, getting that gift. It probably would be something where if you gave me that gift, I would re-gift it. All right. How about Tesla stock? You feel positively about Apple stock. How about Tesla? <laughs> uh, well, forget forget about the price for a minute because, my goodness, what a, what a run-up this stock has been. And I don't know if it's going to stay high like it is. People are chasing it at this point and might go higher. 
Five years ago, everybody was saying the company was overvalued, and now it's worth a heck of a lot more. But again, going back to that philosophy of, you know, we're talking about giving somebody a gift, right? So they haven't paid for it. And this is a share of just an amazing company. I mean, think about this company, an electric car that people actually want to drive, right? That's that's exciting for people. Like, you know, never when you were a, a teenager in high school, would you say, and, and don't take offense to this, some of you, but, you know, would you say, gee, my dream in life is to own a Prius. I, I don't think if certain words have never been spoken by a high schooler, it's my dream in life is to own a Prius. I bet you right now there are high schoolers that are thinking it would be awesome to own a Tesla. So there's a little bit of a difference there between the two, between the images of the two companies. So, you know, I think it'd be neat to to give away a share of Tesla stock or, or a few shares of Tesla stock because, again, we're talking about ownership in one of the greatest companies, regardless of what the price of the stock is going to do. Again, we're talking about financial stocking stuffers. Is it a good gift or not, in Joel's opinion? Uh, a whole life insurance policy, Joel. Good gift or bad gift for somebody's financial stocking? I think it's a good gift. Um, we bought whole life insurance for our kids. And, uh, you know, it gives them a nice start in life. It gives them some insurance that they can add to without any medical evidence or anything like that. So I'm thinking, you know, for the kids, um, whole life is 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 great stuff, you know, and, and the way it works. Some people don't understand how it works. I can pay premiums for them for 10 years and quit paying premiums. And the policy, you know, just goes and goes and goes self-funded. Um, and I own whole life also in a life insurance trust to help pay some taxes when I pass on, create some instant cash for the estate so people don't have to sell houses or shares of stock and so on. So uh, I like whole life. I'm a big fan. Not right for everybody. And uh, especially younger people just starting out, they probably should buy as much term insurance as they can. But uh, I'm a big fan personally of whole life because I own a heck of a lot of it. All right. Next up in the financial stocking, uh, Joel, the S&P 500 index ETF an ETF that follows the S&P 500. Good gift or not? I think it's a fine gift um, for, for most people, um, not for necessarily all of their retirement money because when the numbers get big, when the values get big, people get nervous and do the wrong thing at the wrong time. But you know, if somebody's going to give me, let's say, $5,000 of an S&P 500 index or I want to do something for someone else and give them $5,000 worth of an S&P 500 index fund, I think that's a great gift. Um, those of you uh, grandparents that want to teach your grandkids about stocks and investing and so on, you know, you can give them an index fund, but show them what they own. Do a printout of that index fund offline and it'll show, oh, okay, well, you own this index fund, IVV or SPY, which is the S&P 500 index funds, but show the person receiving the gift of what they own. Oh, it's 8% in Apple and 4% in Google and, you know, 7% in Microsoft and so on and so forth. Show them what they own so that they understand. So you can buy them individual shares of stock, like what we're talking about, like Apple, or you can buy an S&P 500 fund. And for a lot of people, until they build up a certain amount of worth, um, it makes a lot of sense to buy that S&P 500 fund. It actually, if you're a robot and you have no emotions, makes a lot of sense to just own an S&P 500 fund, period. Uh, the problem is people can't fight against their emotions. They do the wrong thing at the wrong time. They get greedy or they get fearful and trade in and out, which, was, which is why most people should have a well-diversified portfolio. All right, last gift in the gift guide here is the indexed annuity. Good gift idea or bad gift idea, Joel? Well, you know, I own one. Actually, I own two. Um, my dad owns a few. Um, some of our clients own them. Some of our clients do not. Uh, again, with the right use, um, it's a great product. Um, you have to understand it. you got to be real careful of annuities. Many annuities are really, really bad. Um, but 
you know, very wealthy people use annuities, whether they're whether they want income or whether they just want somewhere that's safe to keep money. What we're seeing a lot now is people are using these indexed annuities as a bond equivalent um, because you can earn a bond type rate of return, you know, three to five percent. Um, historically speaking, but not have that downside risk when interest rates move up. And so may make sense, may not make sense for some people, but hey, again, if somebody was going to give me an index annuity, I'd be excited and I would give them to my kids. Um, there's some tax advantages that you have to be careful of if you use the money too early. So a few little details in there. All right. So just maybe a good gift for the right person is the way to, uh, to yeah, phrase Yeah, absolutely. That. All right. Uh, that, so there's your gift guide episode from uh, from Joel in case you need any last minute uh, shopping ideas in the financial realm. Uh, all right. Let's uh, take a couple of questions from the mailbag or maybe just one. We'll see what we have time for uh, before the end of the show today. How about Janice, who says, I was laid off from my corporate job this year. And to be honest, I'm not very excited about trying to find something else in the corporate world at the age of 53. I've always been interested in real estate and I'm considering getting my license and becoming a realtor. However, this would probably require me taking some early withdrawals from my IRA to make ends meet before I get my new career up and running. Is this a dumb idea? Well, this is a tough one, Janice. Um, you know, it doesn't sound like you have a, lo- a lot of choice here. You you were laid off from your from your main job, and you know, it might not be that easy to find certain jobs right now. So, you know, maybe you can look at it as an investment in the future. We almost always tell people just avoid taking money out of your retirement plans at all costs. Maybe you can get a job at a real estate firm where they will pay you. Um, uh, salary for a little while while you take your tests and, and so on, or maybe you have to take your tests first. But um, I would be real cautious about taking money out of that IRA. But again, these are different times. These are extraordinary times. It's very difficult right now to just walk out and get a corporate job, especially if one corporation laid you off. And so you may need to look at it as an investment in your future. Now, what I would do is sit down with a financial advisor and see what your situation really is. Maybe you've got a ton of money saved for retirement and it's no big deal to take some money out, look at it as an investment in your future, but maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you shouldn't touch it and figure out some kind of a plan B because you don't want to destroy your retirement on something that you're not 100% sure is going to work. All right. So it sounds like she needs to read your book, Forced to Retire, as much as anything. She can get a copy of that book when she comes in for her Money Map Retirement Review. So let's close the show by letting folks know how they can do that for themselves. Well, sure. The, the easiest thing to do is just make a call, 1-800-705-1232. But let me explain some of the advantages that you get when you come in for that visit. Or, or again, do this visit on a Zoom call. Um, you can even set up a 15-minute call where we can just have a, a quick exploratory meeting. Um, but you've got to call that number, 1-800-705-1232, or text 1-800-705-1232. But here's what happens. We sit down, we have a visit with you. Based on your needs, based on where you are, we will create a map, a map that shows where you want to go based on what you tell us. It's not what we tell you. It's what you tell us is important to you. And it's got a snapshot of all your money, where all your accounts are right now. And we have a good meeting on that, a good heart-to-heart on where we think you should be going. We talk about some mistakes that you might have made, not in a way to beat you up, but in a way to learn from those things and make sure we put you out into the future with much more confidence and less fear. Along with that, I've written a number of books. So has my partner, Eric. We've got the Ultimate 401k Guide to make sure you're investing right and you know all the rules. Forced to retire for someone like Janice who has 
been forced out of a job early, and so many people have nowadays, or they're worried they're going to with all the mergers that are taking place. I've got the People's Retirement Handbook, all kinds of inside stories on what goes on inside a financial advisory firm and all the things that I've learned, and it's even got some mistakes that Wendy and I have made as as we've grown in our financial lives, and a number of other books. So you'll get a copy of one of my books, the one that's most appropriate, or maybe one that you've already heard of um, that a friend of yours has or or a relative of yours has. But you'll leave here with that money map that'll give you clarity and confidence and reduce the fear about where you're at and where you're trying to go and a written income plan that shows where your income is going to come from in retirement and how much you're going to have. So give a call, 1-800-705-1232. Once again, that's 800-705-1232. No cost or obligation if you'd like to come in for your money map retirement review. 800-705-1232. Three, two. Call or text. Just raise your hand right now. Say, yeah, I'd like to have that visit. We'll work out the details later in terms of when to come in, what you might need to bring, if anything. But just let us know for now you'd like to take advantage of it. 800-705-1232. That's 800-705-1232. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk with you next week right here. Same time, same place on Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. Money Wisdom is sponsored by Johnson Brunetti. Investment advisory services offered through JB Capital LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance products offered through JN Financial LLC. Johnson Brunetti is a paid sponsor of the Yukon Huskies athletic program. Better Money is sponsored by Johnson Brunetti.